This is Pastor Nathan Kirk, and I am so glad that you have decided to make Greater Life a part of your day by tuning in to the message that you're about to hear. We here at Greater Life are a group of people that are passionate about living for Christ, as well as service one to another. From our worship services, classes, and messages, we strive to love and serve with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. I hope you enjoy the message you're about to hear, that it is a blessing to you, and that in turn you may be a blessing to others. If you're searching for a church to call your home, I encourage you to join us here at Greater Life. Walk. Not, not just a good option. You know this. It's not just good, good, you know, we'll give it a trial run. You're on a new path. The, the old stuff is gone. You don't ever got to go there again. God has so much more for you. Stay on that path, bro. Stay on that path. Amen. 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 If you could grab your Bibles this morning and turn to Isaiah chapter 53. We, we had just a wonderful time last week in our prayer panel. And, and if you were here, um, thank you for those that were involved in that. Thank you for those that came on Sunday night. Really just powerful prayer afterwards. Just a great time of prayer. It was, there was so much depth there. This Sunday night, and I know you're turning in your Bibles, but this Sunday night at 6 o'clock, if you're not in the life group or involved in something else, and I would really encourage you to be here tonight on our, our service that we have on doctrine, and really we want to focus on and ask the question, does God care what I consume? Does God care what I take into this vessel? You realize you're the temple of the Holy Ghost. So does he care? Does he care about this, but what about that? Does he care about what I watch, but what about what I eat? Okay, well, never mind. Never mind, all right. Well, we'll find out tonight. I want you to be, if you, if you don't have any other plans, even if you do, you can go ahead and cancel those, unless it's a life group. Um, be there, because I think you're going to want to hear it. And just be a part of it. It's, it's not just our opinions or kind of our good thoughts. It's the word of God, and it's so important, vital for our lives. Amen. Isaiah chapter 53 and verse number four. I'm sorry, verse number one. I'm going to start with verse number one. I want to focus on verse number four when we get there, though. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? The arm of the Lord, that's, that statement is a, an old statement from the book of Exodus with the strong hand and an outstretched arm. God has delivered his people. Beautiful statement. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely... He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes 
we are here. For a little while this morning, I just want to preach to you and speak to us here today on this subject. He can carry what you cannot. He can carry what you cannot. Amen. You can go ahead and be seated this morning in the presence of the Lord. We have here today among us um, a number of people that, are, that have just done a lot of traveling. Sister Judy Jones just got back from Southwest, bless you, and, and you brought, you didn't bring any of that Southwest temperature with you, you just, welcome back to Minnesota. The Allinghuisens were down in Florida, good for them. The Hattons were just down in Florida, congratulations. The Reeds just... Uh, we're just in Missouri. They just got back last night. Great. He, Brother Reed this morning says, we were in 75-degree weather last night. I, I, want, I don't want to hear about it. You need to go pray. <laughs> the Allens, we're missing the Allen family. They're, uh, they are in Florida. They've moved, and they're getting settled. Just talked with him the other day, and, and they've settled in, found a great church down there, so... I think that's so vital and important is to be a part of a great church. Um, and so they found that. And, uh, and so it, it begins to ask, you begin to beg the question, this time of year, especially in Minnesota, you begin to beg the question. I preached on this a few weeks ago. It's like, why are we here? Is it anybody? Can I get a witness? Yeah. <laughs> if, it, if it had not been for the voice of God and the will of God, Lord, surely this can't be your will. But it is his will. It is. Everyone say amen. Okay. But you begin this time of year to consider doing something. You start, Brother Powell, talking about Jamaica. You begin, start, you begin to kind of think, you know, maybe, maybe it might be time. To take a trip and to pack my bags and never come back. <laughs> I want to give someone some hope today. Spring is coming. Summer's coming. Good, good things are coming. Don't be weary and well-doing. You're going to make it. Don't look at the forecast. Oh, I wish I had a church. <laughs> You're going to make it. You're going to make it. It's going to be here. Everything's going to be all right. Lucas, if you and Jaden can come on up here. I had asked for a little bit of help this morning. We sometimes have this idea of just kind of want to pack my bags and I want to go. And uh, if, if you guys could just kind of hang out over there for a second. I just want to pack my bags and I want to go. Um, I don't know about any of you, and I'm sure no, no one does this. None of the ladies are like this, and none of the guys certainly are like this. But when we, does anybody here ever overpack for a trip? Let me say it like this. Does anyone's spouse ever overpack for a trip? All right. All right. Now we got some honesty going on here. You know what? And guys are like, you packed way too much. And then, and then you men, just be careful. Because then when you go out and do something 
They're going to say, you really need all those tools? Well, anyway. <laughs> but we carry some things on our journey, and we overpack so much because we, we carry too much with us. We have things that we're not designed and we're not meant to carry. We have things on our trips that we take in, in our everyday life that we have with us that we're not meant to carry those things with us. And you see where I'm going with this here this morning. It's not too hard to discern. We have things in our lives that we have taken on ourselves that we're not meant to carry. Things that, if I can just be so bold to say, are too heavy for us. Jaden, we did this a little bit ago, and I tested it. Can you lift up that suitcase? Try it with one, try it with one hand, yeah. Go ahead. Now, okay, you can set it down, set it down. And all of our elders in here are like, oh, glad he's young. Now, good, good on you. One, is that light or is it heavy? Heavy, okay, all right. Now, if I was to say, Jaden, can you just take that suitcase and, and just go all with one hand and, and just walk around this sanctuary a few times, do you think he could do that? Because it's heavy, it's heavy. Lucas, would you mind maybe trying to pick that up? Okay, kiss that back down again. Can you pick it back up again? Not too bad, eh? Is it heavy or is it light? It's okay. Okay, you can go ahead and set that down. <laughs> okay, you, and, and that's it. You're good. You're good. You're good. Thank you. You can go ahead and be seated. Thank you. Let's give my hand. Not everything that we carry is sin. Galatians talks about this, and, and there are some things in our lives that we do need to set aside. Galatians specifically speaks to this and says to lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. To lay aside the things in our lives that are putting us maybe that are dragging us down and holding us back. And I'm going to talk about that here for a minute, but, but, but before I talk about some of those things, it's not just about the sins that hold us back. Quite frankly, there are some things in our lives that are just too heavy for you to carry. Is anybody with me all right tonight, here this morning? There are some things in your life that are too big for you to, to handle and to do anything about. Right now, it, um, over in Eastern Europe, there's a war that is raging, and I can't, you can't carry that. You can't pick that up and carry that around. You don't, what can we do? Uh, we can pray, and that's, that's really about all that the church can do. When we're praying, though, what are we doing? We're talking to our God. We're talking to our King. Okay. There are some things, though, in your, in your personal lives that are too big for you to carry. 
They're too heavy for you to carry. There are some, I'm just going to be real this morning, is this all right? There are some illnesses and sicknesses that people have that's too heavy for you to carry. I don't know what to do with that. There are some problems in your that have come your way, some, some griefs that we experience and some loss that we experience that it's too heavy for me to carry. There are cha- transitions and changes in our lives that, that land on our shores that we don't expect that come our way, and it's too heavy for us to I don't know, I can't carry this. So what do we do? We find our Father. We find our Father. We say, Dad, I don't know why I got this in my life. But here it is. And I'm wondering, Dad, can you carry this for me? Come on, someone. And some of us, were so old and so crusty and so, so mature and so strong. And we've been through so many things that, that we don't need a heavenly father anymore to carry some stuff for us. I'll just carry it myself, Lord. Because I'm not immature, I'm not a kid, I'm not young anymore, I'm, I'm old. I should be able to carry this. Says who? Says you? Since when were you the expert on yourself? We need our Father to carry it for us. Young people, young people, how many times have you ever asked your parents a question and they said, I'll tell you when you're older. Anybody ever heard that? You've never heard that. You've never heard that. Molly, you heard that? Ashley, okay, yeah, we've got some honest people over here. <laughs> okay, Ben, thank you, thank you. How many of you have gotten asked, how many, okay, not just our young people, how many of you have ever heard that growing up? You asked a question, I'll tell you, okay, that's, now i got a witness, all right, thank you. I'll tell you when you're older, and you're like, but I want to know now. And it's like, you really don't want to know now. Young people, hear this preacher today. You have to trust your parents. You have to trust the voices in your lives that are willing to say, what I, what I know you want to carry is really heavy for you. So let me just carry it for a while. And when the time is right, I'll let you carry this. But until that time comes, I need to shoulder this load. Parents, don't put more on your children than what they can carry. But also don't coddle them and make them weak. Oh boy. I better just stay in my lane. Well, guess what? That was my lane. <laughs> um, parents, young people, you're not going to like me for this, so sorry. Don't give them free access. You can barely handle this. Okay, fine. No, that's fine. 
That's fine. We don't have to talk about that. We can barely handle it. Some of you, oh, some of us, and I don't know anybody personally, so I'm not trying to call anybody out, but some of us can't handle it. And it's out of control. And it's, and it's a fire that's raging, and it's, and it's gone beyond our control. And, and, and now, we, now you feel pressure from the world to give something so heavy to somebody else when we can barely handle it ourselves. Be, care, be careful the weight and the burden that we place on children. On young men and young ladies, young, young men and young ladies, I'm not calling you little children, little kids, and just like little ones downstairs, you're, you're up here for a reason, because you can handle some things. You're up here for a reason, because it's honest, like we can be honest with you here today, but we're not setting you up to fail. We're not setting you up to fail. We're not setting you up because we don't believe that you can do it, and we think that you're just going to be kids for the rest of your lives. We're trying to hold you to a higher standard, but also in that holding you to a higher standard, we're also trying to develop some things in you that the rest of your generation and the generation actually that even came before you doesn't even have. We're trying to develop you to be strong men and women, not 25, 30-year-old adolescents. Is this all right this morning? Okay. But what we do so often as adults, as adults now, I'm done picking on the young people, okay? You just be my friends now or something like that. But what we do so often as adults, and, and adults, we've become expert at this. We've become expert at carrying things we're not supposed to carry. We become expert at carrying some things we're not supposed to carry because of how it looks and the image that we have to maintain. Come on, somebody. You, you, you better preach with me this morning. <laughs> okay, if you say amen, it doesn't necessarily mean it's about you. If we said amen for, some, for other people, we'd be like, amen, hallelujah. Well, okay, well, let's just... Doesn't necessarily mean it's about you, but it, this is still, I'm just going to deliver something to us here today. We become expert at carrying things that we're not meant to carry because we want to maintain, or we feel like we need to maintain an image. I don't want anybody to see what's going on. I don't want anyone to have any perception as, as though I may be weak, and so what we do is we carry things that we're not intending, not intended to carry. And you say, well, I gotta go, I gotta go on this journey with this thing, and it's pretty heavy. But you know what? If I put it in a nice little package, maybe, maybe it, I can just carry it and it'll look good. And because it looks good and it presents well, nobody will think anything about me. Because I've presented my problem well. Or the other thing that we do is we make carrying extra weight convenient. We say, well, I don't know if I can handle it like that, but I could, I could probably drag this thing around for a while. And that sure does make it easy. These wheels sure do make carrying this extra weight that I've got pretty easy. That sure, I, you, and, and, you know, here's, and here's, <laughs> so we come down here and we're like, oh, I got this extra weight. It's too heavy for me to carry. It's too heavy for me to walk around with uh, and carry it, but I can roll it along pretty easily. And then when the Lord says, why don't you come up a little higher with me? We say, but I can't. 
Because I can't carry this and ascend higher in my relationship with God. So, so maybe I'll stay tethered to it. And I've, I've come up a little bit higher, but I'm not going any further. Because you're trying to carry something you're not meant to carry. But did you know that there is somebody who can carry that? It's not your mom and dad. It's not your friends. It's not social media. It's not teachers or politicians. Politicians aren't going to help you carry it. They might write you a stimulus check, but that doesn't help you carry anything. It just makes the load a little more convenient for a little while. What and who can carry what we cannot? Matthew 8 and 17 says, that it might be fulfilled which is spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Can I tell you today that some of you are facing sickness and it's too much for you to carry. It's too big for you. There's sickness, and, and I'm, I'm not trying to play on any emotions or anything like this because I know sickness hits down to the core of where we're at. When, when, you're, when, when all of your world falls apart but you have your health, you know, that can be okay. But you can have all of your world together, but if you don't have your health, none of those things matter. The wealthiest people in the world, if they don't have their health, their money can't save them. Okay, well, what about people of the name, people of the children of God? What, what about us when we have sicknesses in our lives and that becomes a little too heavy for us to carry? Scripture tells us in this wonderful, wonderful book that he came to take our infirmities and to carry your sicknesses. He came not just to talk to you about them, but when your sickness and the sickness is too heavy for you to carry on your own. Jesus, can you take this? Because it's too heavy for me to carry. Can you take, come on somebody, can you carry, Father, Dad, can you take this sickness? Because it's too heavy for me to carry. It's too, I can't take this sickness. So Jesus, can you take it? Can you take it? Jesus carries what we cannot. He carries our sicknesses. 1 Peter 2 and 24. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. That we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. 1 Peter 2 and 24 simply says that Jesus carries our sins. He carries the weight of sin that we have in our lives. And you're here today and you're saying, well, 
but, but I've done too much. I've sinned too much. I've, I've gone and strayed too far away. And there's no way that, that the penalty of everything that I've done, I don't deserve to get any closer to God. I don't deserve to ascend any higher. I don't deserve anything. If that's the weight that you carry, let me just tell you and help you today. Jesus came to carry that sin and that weight for you. We don't deserve it. Part of our problem is fear, but part of our problem is pride. And we're too proud to let Jesus carry something for us. I dug, I dug this pit. I made this bed. I got to lay in it. No, you don't. No, you don't. You're not meant to be in the pit, even if you dug it yourself. Micah 7 and 8 expressly speaks to the fact that he took us out of that darkness and into his marvelous light. He's taken you out of that, even if you made that mess yourself. But we have to let him carry it. And that's one of the hardest things for us to do. Because we are a proud people. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. So you're too stubborn to admit it. We are a proud people. We, we don't want help from no one. Can I help you with that? No, I got it. You're, you're answering that before the question is even finished. It's like Bible quizzing. You just interrupt it and I can complete the question. I know what to do and I can give you the answer too. Do you need a hand with that? No, I got it. I'm fine. Is there anything I can do? No, 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 it's totally fine. I can do it. I can handle it. It's, it's going to be okay. Everything's fine. Everything's going to be fine. I don't need any help. I don't need any help. I, don't need, I can handle it. I can carry it all on my own. How's that working out for us? Not too great. Okay, so when we have sin in our lives and somebody is trying to come in with, and, and the Lord is trying to speak to us and trying to say, I want to help you with this, we say, we are saying to our Father, no, Father, I can handle that. I can take care of this. You don't have to. The reality is, number one, he already did take care of it. Number two, you just have to let go and let him carry it. Because there is nothing that you can do to try and carry that weight on your own. Nothing. You can't, you can't carry that. You can't carry it. It's too big for you. It's too big. So what do we do with, if we have sin in our lives? We say, Jesus... I'm sorry I have to do this, but I can't carry this anymore. Can you carry this for me? And, he, and, and the beautiful thing about Jesus is that he will. He will carry that burden for you. He will help you with that. He'll take, what, what is that old song we used to sing? He took my sins away. He took my sins away. There's a, a verse that says, the weight of sin was more than I could bear. He took my sins away. He took my sins away. And now on him I throw my every care. I'm so glad he took my sins away. He will do that for you. And he won't 
put up a memorial of reminder about everything that you've done. He will wash you and cleanse you and make you clean. And there will be as though as if it would never even happen. He can justify you, which means that it's just as if it never even happened. Some of you, if you've ever had a record in your life, now don't, I don't need anyone raising their hands, although it is what it is. You don't got to be ashamed. Not proud of you. You don't got to be proud of it, by the way. It's like, oh, I got a record. Like, you don't have to, but you don't have to be ashamed either. So if, you, if, if you've ever had a record and something that has followed you everywhere that you go, so that when you try to apply for a job, guess what? It comes up. And there are certain things that you can't do, certain parts of places in society you can't help with because you have a record. It's all right? Well, what happens on that day when after so much time has happened and you've done so much and everything's been okay that all of a sudden that record is expunged? And it's gone. It's gone from your life. And now everywhere that you go, nobody has any idea. Nobody, nobody has a clue. They, they, they would never know. They'd never know. They'd never know. Well, that, the way, that's the way our justice system works, is that certain things that you have to go through, and some things will stay on your record for the entirety of your life. The way that his justice system works doesn't make sense for us. Because the way that his justice system works says that he took that weight on himself for you, so that you could walk clean and pure with nothing on your record. With nothing on your record. With nothing on our record. And if we, when, when we finally come to realize that, when we finally come to realize that there's something within us that says, Jesus, I have something in my life that I need to give to you, but I, I'm so sorry that you went to the cross for this, that I, this decision that I've made. Fine, that's, that's proper to have that conflict, but humble yourself, fall at his feet and say, Jesus, carry this because I can't carry it. Carry it, Lord. Listen, he's already paid the price for it. So let him, let, let what he's already paid the price for, let him carry it. Let him carry it. And maybe also that can also help us <laughs> not put more on him again. Because Hebrews 12, in verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. You know that he carried your burdens and your sin, but he also carried your shame. And you don't have to live in shame. Come on, someone. You don't have to live in shame. You don't have to carry. It's, that's too much for you to carry. Shame is too much for you to carry. Do you know what shame does to a person? It destroys them from the inside. It, it, it kills them in here before it ever gets out there. Shame will kill you and it will destroy you. But I have good news. And the good news is that Jesus came to carry your shame. He came to carry your shame. 
that you don't have to feel that anymore. You don't got to have that weight anymore. And when you walk and you go, but, but everywhere I go, I feel like somebody's watching me. Jesus, carry my shame. Take my shame away, Lord. Take it. Take it. I could probably spend the rest of this morning and even into this afternoon and this evening talking about the beauty of a life that lives unashamed. I know we talk about being unashamed of the gospel in Romans 1, and we need to be unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to be unashamed, but you don't have to also live with shame because part of your story is part of the gospel story. Without, without your story and the gospel applied to it, what are we even talking about? When we become ashamed of, of not we, we don't want to be proud about it. But when we become ashamed of what we've of who we, we've been and what we've done, and we live in shame, what that does to us is it is it stops the gospel from completing the work in our lives. It stops the story short. But you can your your testimony, your testimony shouldn't leave out the messy parts. Now, for young people, plug your ears. You know, like, we'll tell you when you're older. You know, like, I get it. Like, <laughs> I get all that. But it should, your story shouldn't leave out all the, all the messy details. Well, okay, hold on. This, this book sure does share a lot of really messy details. This book shares some things that if, if it was our story, we'd say, I don't know if I really want to share that part of it. Let's pray or something. I don't know. Like, that's what we would say. But when you begin to really share how the gospel has changed your life, I was talking on the phone with somebody just yesterday, and it's nobody in this room, so don't worry about it. Look around like, I bet it was him or whatever. Stop. But I was talking on the phone just yesterday with somebody who, talk, who was telling me, they were saying I was on all kinds of drugs. I was like, okay, I get it. And they're like, no, 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 you don't get it. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, well, that's fine. He's like, no, I have to tell you about what God has done in my life. Oh, that changes the narrative completely. Because it's not just talking about, oh, yeah, when I used to, because here's what we do. I used to party up so bad. I used to drink so bad, like drink so much and, and shoot up, and I had a little bit of that nose candy, and, and man, those, those shrooms, I, mean, I was tripping on those. And, like, you know, we kind of like, man, those are like, pretty wild times. What are you doing? You're glorifying everything back then. But when you say, I went through a whole lot, but God, but God, that's the focus of your story. Not all that nonsense, but God. And when God enters into the story, all of the shame that's attached to that is gone because everything that you see is not the shame. You see Jesus, you see, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who was set, who endured the cross, despising the shame. And this story was so beautifully told. He, he, I won't go into it. Told me about all the things that he had gotten himself into, 
And it's just so cool in the story. When he's telling me about it, he said, but God. But he kept coming back to it. And I wasn't asking for it. I know I'm a preacher. I know I'm a pastor. And I'm not sure if I'm even his pastor. But, I, I, but he was just telling me over and over and over again, but God, I believe that God saved me. I believe that God delivered me. I believe that God healed me. And I never had to look back again. Why did he share all of that? Because the shame was gone. And he could point to the only one who carried his shame for him. Some of us, we we can be good at giving God our sin, but not our shame. And we say, this is the pit that I have to stay in for the rest of my life because this is the mess that I've made. Wrong. It's a lie. It's a lie. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to live that way. You don't have to carry that. Don't keep going back to it. But also don't live like that. Give God your shame. We see our our children and we see children running around and how innocent they are. Anybody remember being innocent? (laughs) Just like (laughs) the the pureness of innocence. I remember I I was at the 1996 Olympics in Atlanta. And I was there. If you remember this, um, there was a bombing that took place. And I, I remember we were walking actually right by that building. That the, that the pipe bomb was in, I, I was standing by that building earlier the day. It went off. And I remember waking up, and I was probably 12 or so at the time, 11 or 12 at the time. And, wow. Okay, that was a long time. Okay, wow. I just had a moment there. Sorry. Um, and I remember waking up and asking the question, you know, hearing the news and seeing all of that and asking the question, why would somebody do that? It just, it just, it, it couldn't comprehend, and it just didn't make sense in my mind. Just not, not even like the sadness of the tragedy of it, just the why. Why? Why? Why would somebody do that? It doesn't make any sense. It just, it just doesn't fit anything in my mind. And when things like that happen in our lives, our innocence begins to become shattered. And you start to see some things, and, you, and our, we lose our innocence. But do you remember what it was like to be innocent? or at least an image of that. You see our children and how innocent they are. We don't want to corrupt them. You know, you can get back to innocence. God can heal you. And he can restore a beauty of innocence in your life. Where you're not jaded. Oh, hallelujah. where you have pure optimism. You're not jaded. When you, oh God, help me. When we look at situations and if we see them and all we can see is the negativity and all we can is, is begin to complain and all we can do is begin to attach labels as to how wrong and bad things are. God can change your mind so that you begin to see the good in things and you begin to see the potential instead of the problem and you begin to see the, the goodness in it and the grace and the love and, and everything that could be there in what God is creating instead of seeing all the problems that do exist. God can restore you to innocence but what is keeping you from getting to innocence is you're trying to carry shame. And you need to talk to your father 
to me, I can't do this for you. We say, well, Brother Powell, come pray for me. What's he going to do for you? I mean, you could put those meat clobbers that you got. You could do something with those things. But <laughs> Lay hands on no man suddenly. That's what I said. <laughs> Don't do it quick. Just ease it in. <laughs> we could pray for you, but if you really want to get rid of that, you got to ask your father to take it. You have to ask him to pick it up. Because he's big enough, and it doesn't bother him, and it doesn't slow him down. All right. Is this okay this morning? All right. Isaiah 53 and verse 4. Surely, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. This last couple weeks, especially with what's going on in Ukraine, and also even locally hearing about some of the things in people's lives, the lives of our saints and some of our elders. We need to pray for uh, one another. We pray for our elders as well. Amen. Come on, someone. We can begin to become overwhelmed with sorrow. Sorrow. Too heavy for us to carry. It's too much to carry. And how does the world carry sorrow? The world carries sorrow in the bottom of a bottle. The world carries sorrow in between the sheets. The world carries sorrow by working extra overtime, trying to get more money. The world carries sorrow by gambling it all away. Hoping that by the time they come out from all of these efforts that they've done, that that sorrow will have gone away. But it's still there. And a heaviness has been added to it. If you have sorrow in your life, Jesus carries our sorrows. He, you say, Jesus, this grief, come on somebody, is too much for me to carry. I can't carry it any further. But dad, you're going to have to carry this. Not him. And you know what he'll do? He'll take it. And he'll take you by the hand. And he'll... Because here's the thing, we think that if we ask Jesus to do something for us, that we, ha we can't progress any farther. Like this is, if, if we just, if we surrender and say, okay, Lord, you're going to have to do it, I guess this is as far as you want me to go. Wrong. He takes you by the hand, he takes the load to carry, and he says, let's just keep going. I'll help you carry this. I'll help you take this a little farther. You don't know. Huh. 
What you don't know is that he is there to help you carry it. But you also know this. That one of the reasons that you're a part of a church is to help you carry some things. Is this all right this morning? Or let me put it this way. One of the reasons you're part of a church is to help carry some things. Brethren, Galatians 6 and 1, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. I love that verse. If somebody is overtaken in a trespass, what do you do? You preach at them. You yell at them. You condemn them. You, you, you point it out for everybody to see or you begin to gossip about them. Okay, right here. Ooh. <laughs> no, what do you do? The Bible says that you restore them with a spirit, with a spirit of gentleness. That, that restoration is not get back in your spot and you stay in line. It's gentle. Come on. Come on, we're, we're going to get you there. Come on, it's, it, it's going to be okay. Come on, let's get back to where you need to be. Let's go. Come on, I'm with you. I'm with you. And you know what? I'm not just going to let you do this alone. I'm going to restore. Restoration is a two-part process. It takes somebody to do it, but it also takes somebody that needs to receive it. And we're good at maybe, sometimes we're good at doing it and helping, but we don't always want to receive it because we don't want to acknowledge that we need restored. We want to say, but I can carry this on my own. No, you can't. Verse number two. It says, oh, no. Really? <laughs> Bear one another's burdens. Because this is a good idea. And so fulfill the law of Christ. Oh, this next verse isn't very fun either. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another, for each one shall bear his own load. There is something that you have to carry. So the, the last point that I want to make here today, he can carry what you cannot, but he will not carry what you can. And you won't know whether or not you can carry the burden until you try. Some of us have given up on trying. But can I tell you, you're a lot stronger than what you think. You're a lot stronger than what you think. I hear those stories, and you know, those stories are real. About a car. Sister Reed, we were talking about mama bears this morning. About cars that flip over, and, and you know, their, their child is trapped. And, and then this, this, this mom gets out of there. And with like this 
this like Samson-like strength. That's why I get afraid sometimes of our ladies when they start to really get after it in prayer. I'm just like, watch out. I'm just going to get out of the way. Let me just say, this little sidebar, if you are a prayer and you pray with volume, good. Don't be afraid of that. Here, here at church, listen. Well, not, I'm not going to go. That's a whole other lesson. I'm not going to get into that. But you talk about the strength and where did it come from. The strength to do something that some of you have been through stuff in your life that, you, that if you were to tell the story, the people here would be sitting here, their jaws dropped to the floor. How can that be true? How did you even make it through that? And we're not just talking about, you know, just like, just like kind of, you know, like even, even, our, even our elders that, that look like they've never done a thing wrong in their lives would start to tell you some stories. Never mind, okay. But why is it? Why? Why? Because the Lord says you can, you can carry a whole lot more than what you think you can. And some of us, we give up so close. We stop, we stop short and we give up so close to where God has us to go. You can carry a whole lot more than what you think you can. You're a lot stronger than what you think you are. You are. Dominic, they call that sneaky strong. Is that right? It is. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> Whatever, dude. <laughs> sneaky strong. Right? Yes. Just say yes. Give me something. Come on. <laughs> what are you looking at? No. <laughs> sneaky strong. That, 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 these, these, these guys, skinny guys, you know, and they're like, oh, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, <laughs> anyway, uh, these skinny guys, you're like, oh, yeah, and, and you get them working on something, and they're a lot stronger than what you think they are. Where'd that come from? You're a lot stronger than what you think you are. You've just been told for so long that you can't. This world has, you know, and the world has co-opted the language of safe, and it said, but if you try, it's dangerous, it's not safe. It's a, lot, it's a lot safer than what you think it is. You're a lot stronger than what you think you are. I'm not saying be reckless and be foolish. That's not what I'm saying. I remember when we were kids, like, remember when you were, some of you when you were kids riding in the back of the station wagon? And not the station wagon that faced the same way everybody else was going, the one that faced the opposite direction. You remember that? So get a witness. And did you put on seatbelts back there? No, you didn't put on seatbelts back there. This is fun. And mom and dad were fine with that because you were back there. And now it's like bubble boy, you know, get in the thing, put your helmet on, get your hockey gear on, and make sure we buckle you in just right and strap you with some extra ratchet straps and let's make sure we get there and come in for a nice little landing. Don't hit any bumps on the way there. What? You know, we do that in our Christian walk, though. God, don't put me through anything. He will. But he will never give you more than what you can carry. And when you feel like you have too much that you can carry, what does he do? He puts somebody aside you and next to you to help you carry the load. Even Jesus had help carrying his cross. Not the whole way, but where it was needed. I can't carry this for you the whole way, 
We can't carry it for you the whole way, but we can come along and help if you're receiving. And some of you are, some of you have, when we talk about ministry, that you can do ministry, did you know that ministry is just helping carrying the load for a little while? So you're like, well, I can never preach or I could never sing. Good. We don't need help with that right now. Where we need help and where, where we can help is coming alongside and helping someone carry the load for a little bit. You know what? Huh, you know what stopped us from doing that? When we're so busy and so occupied, preoccupied with the weight that we're carrying that we weren't meant to carry. But when you lay that down, you begin to realize that you can surely help somebody else. Let's stand together here this morning. Musicians, if you could come. Jesus carries our sorrows. Jesus carries our sickness. Jesus carries our burdens and our sins. And Jesus carries our shame. So how can we give these things to him? How can we present when we have all of these things in our lives? How can we begin to present these things to Jesus and say, Lord, you can take it. 1 Peter 5, 7 simply says this, casting all your care upon him because he cares for you. But did you know the verse before that says, humble yourselves, therefore, unto the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. The first step that we need to take is this this morning. It's to acknowledge and to say, Jesus, I need help. Father, I need help. Dad, this weight is too heavy for me. I need you. I need you to carry this weight. Because I've carried it around with me for too long. I've tried to package this and make it look as nice as I can so that everybody at church would just think that I'm, I'm blending in with everybody else. And as much as I've tried to condense it down and package it in as pretty a way as possible, I just, I can't carry it anymore. So dad, Do you think you can help me carry this? I know I got two perfectly good hands. And I know I got two perfectly good legs. But I still need you to carry this. It's too much. So how do we get our Father and have our Father and ask Him to help us? Well, first of all, humble yourself. Just be humble. Just be humble and ask him. Just acknowledge and be honest with yourself and to say, you know what, there is some sorrow in my life. 
Dad. I know it's it's appropriate to grieve and it's it's necessary to have to, to have this sorrow. I get it, but I can't carry this anymore. I need you to help me with this load. For the sin that does so easily beset us, for the shame that we carry in our lives that has kept us trapped. The shame that has kept you trapped and stuck for years. It's kept you stuck for so long that even the amount of time that it's kept you stuck is now a burden that you have to carry. But did you know in Joel chapter 2 that the word of the Lord tells us that he will restore the years that you've lost? He's not just going to say, well, here, now you're on your own. He can restore everything that you have lost. In these last couple of years, through pandemic and the problem of politics, we have lost so much in our lives. and Many things in our lives have been taken away. You look across the world as what's being lost here today, but God can restore. If you let him take it. If you let him take it. So God, if you're going to do all this carrying, what can I do? What can I do? Here's what you can do. Psalm Psalm 121 verse 1. You want to do some lifting on your part? Here's what you can do. I lift my eyes unto the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Psalm 25 and verse 1. To you, O Lord, I lift my soul. Oh my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Indeed, let no one who waits on you be ashamed. Let those be ashamed who dealt treacherously without cause. To you, oh Lord, I lift my soul. I lift my eyes. Lift your hands in the sanctuary. Lift your eyes unto the Lord from where your help comes from. Lift your soul unto Him today. God, I can't carry this, but I can lift something to you today. So Lord, here I am with everything that I have. And I'm asking you to carry it so that I can just lift what I've got to you. Amen. And if you need help carrying something today, if you need some help lifting some things, some burdens, if you hear me today, if you have sickness and you would like help with sickness today, Jesus can take that heaviness of sickness from your life. I don't know what he's going to do with the sickness itself, but he can take the heaviness of it away. If you have sorrows or grief in your life here today, I want to join with you in prayer and pray together to say, Jesus can help you with your sorrow. This altar is open if you want to come up here today, this morning, to spend some time in prayer. If you've got shame or burdens that you that you carry and you, you think that you carry it around and everybody's looking, it's time to take that shame and to give it to God and say, God, this is a part of my story. 
And part of my story is that he took my shame. He took my sorrow. He took the the cost and the weight of the loss. And in exchange, he gave me beauty. He gave me joy. He gave me strength. Come on, somebody. God wants to restore some things, I believe, here today. But you got to give it to him. Father, will you come and carry it? Come on up. If you would like to just pray here today. This is kind of our custom where we come up and we just begin to just pray and begin to let this word resonate within your heart here this morning. Jesus, here's my heart. Here's my life. I've been carrying this for too long. Come on, some uh, some of you, uh, you've got things in your life that you're carrying for too long and you want to be free from them. Then let go of them and let Jesus take them. Let him take them away and give you something else in its place. Jesus name.